Good evening, uh, brothers and sisters. Welcome back to this online service. We are talking about uh, loving God with all of our heart, all of our soul, all of our mind and strength. And uh, this is the greatest commandment. And Jesus said, if you do this, you will live. And so we want to enter into the eternal life that Jesus have for us the promises that is that is in this eternal life by obeying uh, what he wants us to do and so we are focusing on loving god with all of our soul loving god with all of our emotion and uh, we in order to do that we need to open up our emotion to god we have to allow god to search deep into us, because in life we will face suffering and pain, particularly in the emotional area, and we'll be wounded. And so a lot of us carry baggages, emotional baggages uh, that we talked about last week, so that we cannot really love God with all of our uh, uh, soul. And uh, this evening, I want to talk about uh, the experiences that some of us may go through, maybe not, but may go through, that is so unconsolable. It is so hurtful, it is so uh, painful that no one, no one can really help you, no one can really console you. And uh, there is a story in the Bible uh, David, about David and his men. They were living in this place called Ziklag. And one day they go out as usual uh, to raid on the enemies. And when they came back, they realized all of their wives and children, their property, everything was taken by the enemies. In other words, in a, they lost everything, everything that they have, everything that they hold dear to. And so can you imagine this kind of situation? And let's read about it uh, in the First Samuel, chapter 30, verse 3 to 4. When David and his men reached Jiglak, they found it destroyed by fire and their wives and sons and daughters taken captive. So David and his men wept aloud until they had no strength left to weep. So can you see this is a situation where they are so unconsolable. Nobody can, can comfort them. They just cry. These men, these fighters, these strong men, they just weep and weep and weep until they have no more strength to, to, to whip. So how can we bring our emotion into wholeness, into normality in this kind of situation? And uh, if you do not know how to handle them, if we do not know how to handle them, then we will 
go into bitterness. You know, because we're so angry, we're so uh, frustrated, we, uh, we, 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 just, we just lost control. And we are so bitter. And these men, they are so distressed and bitter. Every one of them, including David. Because they share the same predicament. But because they do not know how to handle this this kind of bitter anger and, uh, and, and, and pain. Normally people will find a scapegoat. They will find somebody they can blame. They will find what, you know, the, the slightest uh, reason that they can get to shift their pain and, and hurts and, and suffering onto the scapegoat, rather than being able to handle and face their own pain and suffering. So what they did is, let's read it in uh, verse 6. David was greatly distressed because the men were uh, were talking of stoning him. Each one was bitter in spirit because of his sons and daughters. But David found strength in the law, his God. Can you see, David was already distressed, just like this man. He suffered the same uh, predicament as them. He was already distressed, but now, on top of that, he, 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 he became uh, greatly distressed. Greatly distressed. Why? Because this, his men, these fighters, now they turn against him. They blame him. They want to stone him, held him responsible for what had happened. Who are these men? You know, that they should treat David in such a manner. These were men when David ran away from King Saul because King Saul wanted to kill him. They are, let's read it in the verse 2 of 1 Samuel 22. All those who were in distress or in debt or discontented gathered around him and he became their commander. About 400 men were with him. So can you see, these men, they, they were men with troubles in their life. Distress. They were men who cannot cope with their financial uh, uh, responsibility. They are men in debt and discontented. They, they are not satisfied. They are men who has a grudge. They are men who, who, who are just not happy, you know, and, and, and not contented. And these are the men who came to David and David became their commander. David begins to train them. David begins to direct their life. David begins to turn their life around. Now they have children. They have, they, they have wives. They have children. They have uh, possessions. Because it, it came from raiding the, the enemies. So can you see? 
they are men who are indebted to David for their life. And in this situation, it wasn't David's fault. They know they all went and not knowing what happened. And you cannot blame David for it. You know, if, if, if you're reasonable. But, but when you are in bitterness, when you are really, when you do not know how to handle this kind of unconsolable sorrow, uh, uh, pain, hurts, and, and losses, you want to find a scapegoat. That's what bitter spirit can do to you. So, they, so what, what would bitter spirit do to us if we do not know how to handle this kind of bitterness? We'll be ungrateful. We see that this man, David's man, turned against David. In fact, they, they want to stone him. They forgot everything that David has done for them, to them, and uh, until this day where they grow even stronger than that original 400 men. So bitterness will cause you to become ungrateful people. And the bitterness will cause you to find a scapegoat if you don't handle it, right? They blame David, uh, even though David has no, absolutely no uh, parts in this, in this uh, suffering. And he himself suffered the same thing. Um, so, and that's why in life, can you see, there are people who are bitter, maybe not, to this extent, what have they become? They become ungrateful to those who have helped them. They find somebody to, to blame, to shift their anger, frustration, shame, hurts, whatever, onto that person. And uh, they are self-centered. All they think about is themselves, their children, their wife, that's all. You know, their personal benefit. So people who are bitter and uh, who doesn't handle this, this, this painful experience are people who are self-centered. They don't, they don't think about the big picture. They don't think about the church. They don't think about the kingdom of God. It's about self. Self, how this uh, incidents affect them. And they don't care about uh, the bigger picture. So, self-centered. And uh, they become so wicked. Right? Because right now, they, they want to kill. You know, bitterness will cause you to, if, if you do not handle it, it will cause you to want to destroy, to kill, to take revenge to control, to manipulate. You know, that's why the summer say, uh, search me and know my wicked ways. Search my emotions. Search, is there any bitterness inside? Is there, is there wicked ways that has come because of the emotional pain and hurt? So, you see, it will cause you to do things 
which is senseless. Can you imagine you rise up wanting to destroy your leader, wanting to stone and kill David? And they have no qualms about David being the anointed, being the future king. They, they just lost their senses. It, in good time, in normal time, they, they know. If they fight with David, one, uh, fight with David together, one day David will become king. But now they lost their senses. They want to kill uh, uh, David. So that's what bitterness can do to you if you do not know how to handle that kind of bitter emotion. And uh, I could remember an incident that happened when I was, uh, I wasn't sure whether I was in a primary school or secondary school. I, I believe, yeah, I believe it was secondary school. You know, in those days, teachers would take students for outing. And in this particular uh, incidents, that's what happened. And unfortunately, one of the students was drowned. And uh, the parents, the mother, they were Christians. I wasn't a Christian. They were Christian. And uh, I could still remember their surname. And they were so bitter because of the loss of their son. And, uh, and, and, and they were so angry. We attended the funeral. And uh, during the funeral, well, uh, in the process of the funeral, the, the parents, the mother especially, they want to beat up the teacher. They want to take their anger, bitterness, frustration, uh, hurts and pain. And they want to blame the teacher. They want to beat up the teacher. It was such a traumatic uh, scene and experience that, that I saw, that I still remember, you know, uh, some of the details. And... Uh, so people have to uh, sort of uh, hold them and then and the teacher has to leave even though the teacher attended that funeral because he's uh, his student. And uh, so this, at, I can remember at that time I was thinking, what kind of Christians is this? Even in that immature state, I know the teacher Though it's unfortunately you cannot blame the teacher. And how come these people are so unruly and so uh, unreasonable and want to beat up the teacher? You know, I, there was, there was, I just couldn't comprehend and I just look at Christian badly, you know, because you believe in God and, uh, and is this the kind of behavior that you have dealing with this kind of situation. So can you see bitterness, bitterness, how it can ruin our, our sanity and, and how we can just get totally out of control and, and, and controlled by our emotion that we become senseless then and there are wicked ways that uh, 
come out of our our soul. And uh, yeah, when we go through that kind of situation, we can be crashed, crashed by the experience, by the pain, and by the hurt. And uh, that's why there are men who has gone through, well, men and women who has gone through this kind of experience, and they are never the same. You know, some of them they just lose their motivation in life. They feel that what. What is there to live for now? I lost my loved ones, you know. Uh, yeah, uh, men like Jacob. So, and and uh, there are people who just live. They just uh, they are living dead. They have no motivation in life. They just live to survive, day by day, and uh, somehow. They are emotionally numb. You know, they don't feel anger. They don't feel anything. They don't feel joy. They just live the rest of their life in misery, in bitterness, and so on. So, uh, the Bible talks about a crushed spirit dries up the bone. It really takes the life out of you. And of course, there are the other extreme people who just keep working and working and working and working. They don't know what they are doing. They are just working. They just want to be busy, occupied, so they don't think about uh, the pain. They they are not dealing with with their problem. They just occupy themselves to drown out their sorrow, drown out their pain, right? Or they could go into other kind of vices. Just to to numb the pain that is in their heart. So so we can see the the damage of a bitter spirit, a bitter soul uh, that could destroy our our life. But the verse that we read just now, let's go back to chapter First uh, Samuel thirty verse six. The last part is say, but David found strength in the Lord his God. David found strength in the Lord his God. You know, David was greatly distressed, and there is no one on sight, no one surrounding him who is for him, who is who who can even who well, even if they want. They can help him. No one can can help him, and they're going through the same experience. We can go through the same experience. How you come out of it depends on you. Thank God the Bible says, "But David, but David found strength in the Lord his God." He didn't end up like the rest of the people, destroyed by. The bitterness in their hearts. David found strength in God. He turned to God in his great emotional stress and hurt and pain and suffering in the midst of all these unconsolable circumstances and 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 experience. David found strength 
ain't God. He could, well, he could very well end up like the rest. But, 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 David found strength in God. What happened? David had a personal, well, he knows God personally. He's a worshiper. That's why the word say, found strength in the Lord. He's God. He's God. He knows. He knows God. He has experienced God. So at this moment, because he's a worshiper, because of his walking with God, in time past, he's able to turn to God at this time. You know, there are some of us, we're Christians. We don't have that kind of experience with God because we didn't seek after God because we are not true worshippers. We are there for the good time. We are there for the good feeling. We are there to get blessed. We are there to, to, to get what God can do for us. But we don't really know Him. David is a worshipper. He's a giver. He draws near to God. He worships God. Not because he has needs. He just worships God. He's a worshiper. He wants to give his heart to God. He wants to know God's heart. So in this time, David was able to turn to God. No man can understand what he has gone through. No man can help him. Now you've got to face the situation alone. What do you do? David turned to God. So, because he know how to draw near to God, he know how to worship God, he's able to bring the, the peace of God into his heart. He's able to draw strength from the Lord his God. He's able to draw from the goodness of God, the love of God, the faithfulness of God, the strength of God the mercy and the grace of God. He's able to just draw from God. I guess it didn't say how he drawn it. I guess he just worshipped. He just worshipped like he used to do. And the presence of God just, just feel him. Just feel him. And he was strengthened. And, and, and because of the peace, because of the strength, because of, of the presence of God, he's able to, to take hold of his emotion. He's able to rein in those, those uh, distress and those negative emotions that, that could have overwhelmed him, just like it overwhelmed those men. David draws strength from God. So our emotional well-being depends on uh, God and our relationship with God. You can go through great kind of suffering and yet there is peace. There is strength. You know, we know to, uh, Rick Warren, the great pastor, and his son committed suicide. You know, how do you explain that? when you go through that kind of emotional suffering. But when you are a worshiper, you know how to turn to God. You know how to surrender to God. You know 
how to continue to trust God in the midst of unconsolable circumstances and experience, and and come through. We have to acknowledge there's a sovereign element in God's dealing with us, and and, and we just surrender. We just worship Him. So David draws strength from God, and he was able to rein in his uh, his uh, emotion, his negative emotion. And that's not that's not good enough. That's not complete because David will not have closure in his emotion, in his heart. If he just feel good, if he just sends the presence of God, there is still the questions. There is still the problem about his wives and his children and and the the the, the rest of the man's wife and children and and possessions. There is still that problem because their tent was destroyed and everything was gone and taken captive. So we still. Need to be led by the truth uh, in those times, uh, and the Bible tells us in First Samuel thirty verse seven and eight. After David got his strength back, got his emotion to 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 some normality, the Bible tells us then David said to Abiathar, the priest. The son of Ahimelech, bring me the ephod. Abiathar brought it to him, and David inquired of the Lord, "Shall I pursue this raiding party? Will I overtake them? Pursue them?" He answered, "You will certainly overtake them and succeed in the rescue." So David found strength in the Lord, not because he knew that everything will be. Okay, and his sons and, and and wives and property will return to him. He didn't know that. He draws strength purely because he know God, because of God's goodness, God's mercy, and he was able to draw strength. And that's why we need to understand that you know it's not because the circumstances has changed. Circumstances have not changed. Nothing changed. It's just his own. Spirit and soul was able to get connected with God and and was strengthened, despite the fact that the situation is just just uh, not clear and 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 there's no answer. And it means that David totally surrendered to God. I told you, a true worshiper they know how to surrender to God. If God were to say, "It's gone." Everything is gone. The children are killed. The, the wives are killed. No need to pursue them. They would, would have accepted this fact. But thank God, the word of God came and said, "Pursue them, and you will certainly overtake them and rescue them." So, we need to be a worshiper. Who surrenders to God totally to God? In times we do.
do not understand, we do not know, we do not see uh, ahead, we, we worship, we surrender to God, we bow before Him. You know, there's another man in the Bible, of course, I think you, you, we all know Job. He had similar experience with David. In fact, his experience is worse off than David. He too, well, he lost all his sons and all his property. And uh, it's another kind of unconsolable uh, experiences that, that man has gone through. And uh, so much so was his suffering. Job cursed the day that he was born. He'd rather not be born at all than to go through this kind of suffering. Let's read about it in Job 1, uh, Job 3, verse 1 and verse, uh, to verse 3. And this Job opened his mouth and cursed the day of his birth. May the day of my birth perish and the night that said a boy is conceived and so on. Right? So, you know, we celebrate our birthday. Job wanted to curse his birthday. And he hoped he's never, he was never born and never had to go through this kind of experience. But yet Job, despite of his suffering and pain and bitterness, he's a true worshiper. After he lost his children, after he lost his uh, possession, in uh, Job 1 verse 20 to 22, at this Job got up and torn his robe and shaved his head then he fell to the ground in worship. He fell to the ground in worship and said, Naked I came from my mother's womb, and naked will I, I will depart. The Lord gave, the Lord has taken away. May the name of the Lord be praised. In all this, Job did not sin by charging God with wrongdoing. So Job's suffering actually is worse than David, you know, because he actually lost it. Not being taken with a chance, with a hope of getting it back. He lost it. The sons were killed, the, uh, the sons and daughters were killed, and the, the possession was just, was just taken, was just destroyed. And deep behind it, I guess, Job, you know, it's just not, it's, it's not just the enemy who is behind it. And Job suspects that God also has a part in it. And that's why the scriptures say, in all this, Job did not sin by charging God with wrongdoing. You know, David's predicament was due to the enemies. But Job's predicament was due to the enemy plus God's invisible hand and purpose behind it. But Job, just like David, worship God. They are worshiper. And that's why they are able to uh, draw strength from God. They're able to uh, to communicate, uh, to get in touch with God. And the Bible tells us that if we are true worshiper, we worship in spirit and in truth. 
We worship in spirit and in truth. And tonight, I want to give a new definition. This is not the only definition, but one that I thought, you know, it makes sense. Right? If you cannot feel a true worshiper, if you cannot feel with the spirit, the presence of the Holy Spirit, you hold on to the truth. That's a true worshiper who worship in spirit and in truth. Just like here. All you felt is miserable. All you felt is pain and suffering. In those times, you hold on to the truth that God is a good God, that God is faithful, that God is just, that God is a God of salvation and hope and restoration and so on. So you are just holding on to the truth. That's a true worship. Worship in spirit and in truth. In times, yes, we do feel His presence. We do feel His, His you know, uh, peace and goodness. But there are times when, when we go through tormenting experience, we just need to hold on to the truth and worship Him. And it's only when we hold on to the truth, we will be set free emotionally from those, uh, those pain and negative uh, uh, feeling that we have. You know, the Bible says you hold on to the truth, the truth will set you free. Right? So I hope this evening we learn how we can be emotionally whole in situations where it's so hurtful, it's so painful, and, and in fact, it's unconsolable. No man can help you. You just have to come before God. You just have to know how to worship God. In fact, it's not in this time you know how to worship God. You need to know how to be a worshiper so that during this time you can come before God and, and draw near to Him so that you can draw strength. You can, you can sense His presence and His peace and uh, in your life, regardless of all the situation, right? We want to shift our focus from those situations onto God and God Himself. And uh, we just surrender. We just need to surrender because we don't know what's happening. We can't see what's happening. We don't want to blame people. We don't want to be, assume that we know and, and, and find a scapegoat. No, we don't know. But we just surrender to God. Bow down before Him, just surrender and, 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 and just draw near. And uh, we become true worshippers who worship in spirit and in truth. Those times, we don't sense the spirit. We just hold on to the truth that we know, that we know about God. And just continue to hold on, regardless of what happened. And uh, we believe God, He will eventually, eventually work out His plan and His purpose. So I hope the Lord will bless you with these words, so that when we go through some difficult times, I think most of us just go through very minor problems, and we cannot handle we allow bitterness to come in. But these are problems that's unconsolable. But yet we can overcome if we are true worshippers. Shall we pray?
Father, we thank you for your words. We thank you for being so faithful, being so good and trustworthy, even in, in times when we cannot feel you, we cannot know you, uh, know your ways. Lord, we, we know we can just come and trust in you and worship you. And Lord, and just, just surrender ourselves to you. We may not know what you're doing, but Lord, you are in control. And we pray that we will be able to rein in our emotions so that we will be able to continue to bring glory and honor to you and, and not allow bitter spirit to destroy our life. We thank you, Lord. Bless your people, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Okay, the Lord bless you.